Hi everyone. I am with my very good friend and peer and somebody who has been very supportive throughout my career, Kay. Uh, she is a multifaceted diamond and um, I will let her to introduce herself. Uh, thank you, Olga, and it's absolutely my pleasure to be here. I'm Kay Royal. Uh, I am the Associate General Counsel at TrustArc, and that's probably me. I live in Arizona, and I'm from Mississippi. Really cool. Well, I, I know you do quite a lot of things. Uh, that, that brief bio is, let's just say, very brief. Law is not your first calling, right? You've done things <laughs> before you went to... I know it's hard to believe because... Your adventures in law are so impressive and rich and wide and deep, right? That that it's hard to imagine that it's, it it hasn't always been your calling. You have a you have a rich professional experience before that. Tell tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. So uh, being raised poor in Mississippi, I'm the first person in my family to get a bachelor's degree. Now my family is comprised uh, comprises a lot of nurses. So when I found myself as a single mom with two kids, even with a bachelor's degree, I went back to school and got my nursing degree. And so I became a registered nurse. But uh, I woke up on my 29th birthday, literally, I love birthdays, but woke up on my 29th birthday completely unexpected and went, wow, I'm grown. Anything I ever wanted to do, I need to do now. So that became law school. Wow. Was there was there a reason for law school? Was or uh, I mean, what happened to you on the 29th birthday? Yeah. That yeah. Why law? Why, why law? law? Right. Um. You know, I looked at all different kinds of career paths. Whether it was a PhD, an MBA, a master's of social work, a nurse practitioner, and all of them were expensive. All of them were going to take two to three years. And I was like, oh, the heck with it. I'm going to law school because apparently I. Been avoiding that most of my life because I thought it was going to be hard, and it wasn't. Nursing school was much harder. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, uh, in nursing school, you literally can kill a patient in a second if you make a mistake. In law school, if you are in as a lawyer, if you make a mistake, you're probably not going to kill your client instantly. There, there's time to recover from it. Not instantly. I like you won't kill your client. Not instantly. Um, not instantly. That, that's a good qualifier. No to self. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do not kill your clients. I primarily think of you as a privacy guru. Um, you have done this incredible things uh, in privacy. Um, I, my career was also around privacy, and and and, and I, I, I guess at least to some extent practice and been a member of IAPP when the organization was two years old. Right. Uh, so, you know, and I think of you as someone who really um, is a privacy, true privacy lawyer. So tell me how the adventures from nursing to law school led you to adventures in privacy. You know, um, I fell into it accidentally. Uh, coming out of law school, I worked for the law school running pro bono and student life, but then my husband's job moved us to Texas in 2008. Now, this was before the world knew it was in a recession. And I had a hard time getting a job. And here I was, a, a registered nurse, a licensed attorney, and I couldn't get anyone to speak to me. So I figured something had to be wrong. It couldn't be just me. Um, but I wound up working for Concentra. Concentra is a national urgent care company. And I was hired into their privacy and regulatory affairs department to manage regulatory compliance. Now, before I even came on board, they had downsized and got rid of the guy who did regulatory affairs. So that just automatically became part of my job. And then within six months, they 
uh, downsized again. The lady who was running the HIPAA portion left. So I picked up doing HIPAA. So it was just me and the boss left. And by the next year, they had downsized again and I had the entire department. So I was running privacy and security regulatory affairs and regulatory compliance for about 350 urgent care centers around the United States, as well as about 250 on-site centers, like for employers or cities, as well as utilization review, wellness fairs, workers comp, I mean, everything you can mention. It was busy. I became really good really quick. <laughs> well, and I think you married your old career in nursing with your uh, future direction in law. Yeah. I was. <laughs> I did. Um, it's funny because I went from Concentra to working for Align Technology, which is Invisalign, a medical device company. And um, they didn't realize how beneficial it was for my nursing career to be brought into my privacy career because I understand how things work behind the scenes at the customer's offices. And that was really a benefit. Yeah, I guess you, you can take a girl out of nursing, but not nursing out of a girl. <laughs> Once a nurse, always a nurse. <laughs> I love it. Um, what's your favorite privacy lawyer? By far, the first one that I fell in love with and was my hero was Dan Solov. No okay. question on that one. Okay, I was going to say, do not say Dan. You know, I guess because he literally wrote the textbook on it. So he's the first person most of us come in contact with. Right. When it comes to privacy law, I'm with you. I was just, I just had to ask. I was going to ask you, don't say Dan, but fine. You, you, you know, good, good choice. Good choice. I've developed a lot more privacy heroes. There are so many accomplished people in privacy nowadays. You just can't get away from them. I mean, my boss, Hillary Wendell, was always one of my heroes. Um, once I started learning who all was in privacy, Kirk Nara, I mean, there, there's so many of them that you can name and they're phenomenal. Yeah. Dan Christensen is one yeah. of them. Well, all of them. Hillary, I should, I should talk to Hillary one day. Uh, Hillary is great. Um, those are great people. Sorry, I didn't mean to peer pressure. I'm, I'm using yeah. peer pressure, but look, I'm kind of like bullying you. So, um, Let's, let's move forward. Tell me, tell me what is your favorite part about being a privacy lawyer? It's helping people. This is the one thing about privacy. When people say, how did you transition from a nurse into lawyer? It, it didn't make sense. To me, it does. Privacy is not the only field in law, but one of the only fields in law that truly is a helping profession. You help your company or your clients because you're looking out for the average Joe on the street. So to me, it's a helping profession and I love it. Not to mention, I love mysteries. I mean, my favorite part is figuring out what words mean and how can you put them together and how can you find a way around them. Um, so I love it. It's always like well, you, you have plenty of mysteries in GDPR and CCPA. That's all I'm going to say. Yes, absolutely. It, it It's a living mystery book. <laughs> so I guess if we talked about the favorite part, let's talk about the least favorite part in privacy. What, if you could change one thing, uh, what would it be? And I had never really thought about this, Olga, so thank you for the question. Uh, my least favorite part of privacy would probably be the fact that people don't understand it, but they're dangerous because they think they do. So I would say if I could change one thing, it would be the fact that people quit thinking of privacy as a compliance mechanism and think of privacy as a a management um 
platform and how do you manage personal data? And I think the light bulb would go on for a lot of people when they quit thinking of it as, ooh, let's avoid compliance. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, and you see sometimes privacy live in different parts of the organization. Uh, compliance is, you know, sometimes is the place, legal is another place, risk. Uh, it's very interesting to kind of see uh, who, where it leaves. It tells you a lot about the organization, uh, by, about the importance and, and location of, of privacy and security of the organization. It tells you a lot about their leaders. That's actually, in fact, the first thing I ask if I want to learn about organization. Um, how is the house built and, and where people live um, and who reports to whom? Because it tells you how important privacy is, whether they kind of just quote-unquote complying or whether it's sort of by design or a lifestyle, uh, privacy as a lifestyle. Um, it's it's uh, very, very uh, telling. Oh, absolutely. I had a client one time and I gave this example in a speech uh, when I was speaking once that I had a client that privacy sat in marketing. Now, to be fair, it was a marketing company, so they really were putting it at the heart of their company. But after the session, a gentleman came up to me and said, I think you're talking about my company. And we've actually hired a chief privacy officer that reports directly to the CEO now. How you become a privacy lawyer first, but then maybe we'll talk about privacy professionals. You know, and a lot of the answers overlap. So especially I get a lot of questions from um, experienced attorneys who want to transition into privacy. And my biggest tip to them, I think that is most useful. There's two. One is leverage what you know. So if your experience is in litigation, then look for companies where your privacy can be acquired through litigation. Um, so you might think of working for an insurance company because privacy is very big at an insurance company, but they hire litigators a lot. So find your entry point through the experience that you already have. The second part is get involved. Privacy moves very, very quickly. So join groups, get certifications, comment mm -hmm. to people on LinkedIn, um, tweet, I mean, write articles, uh, contact people who speak at panels and say, hey, I would love to speak. Is there any way I could ever join a panel that you're speaking on? And most of us are very opening to giving new privacy professionals that entry point uh, into privacy because there's, trust me, there's more than enough work to go around. No, pri privacy is a very supportive uh, community, uh, I, definitely. I, and in fact, my entry to privacy was through privacy security litigation. And I worked at a <laughs> company that value privacy. I used to be at Visa Financial Company, definitely value privacy. And then I used to be an online dating company that more than cared about its users. And you hope there's privacy there. <laughs> Absolutely, because people disclose, you know, very intimate, important information when they date. And uh, and so it's important. To I met my husband online, Olga. <laughs> oh, you have. I did. You know? Back before it was a thing. So in 2000, I moved to Arizona. I was running from a domestic violence marriage. He had had a psychotic break. And so we ran to Arizona. And so while I was here, I knew no one. And someone told me to go on to Match.com to find friends. Now, hold on. This was back when I'm Match not was I'm not pen pals, friends, things like that. I was looking for other single moms. No one single moms or anyone wanted to be a friend. And I noticed after a couple of months that there was this one person online that was online when I was, but he never contacted me. I'm like, yay, he doesn't like me. Maybe he'd be open to being friends. Well, now we're almost 20 years later married. 
Wow. I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I met my husband the old fashioned way. Uh, I saw a guy in my class. I told my friend that he's going to be my husband. Uh, <laughs> I love it. You were decisive and you knew what you were going for. I was completely sideswiped and had no idea. How, how, how can you say no to that proposition, right? Like, how can right. <laughs> doesn't come often very every day. Um, but, you know, I, I remember the interview when I was interviewing for the online dating company. Um, one of the product owners said, Olga, tell me why I should hire you. Because you are not like a potential customer, so you will not understand our customers. And I said, yeah, the reason you need to hire me is because I know how to find the one and close him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yep, that's the way to do it. Mine, I'll, I'll admit, he fell in love first. <laughs> yeah, I was not looking to get married again at all, and we met and married within six months. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny like this. Um. You mentioned a couple of things. Uh, one uh, uh, adventure they had was domestic violence, uh, and uh, and that uh, how that was part of your career, I guess. Uh, if you find yourself in the hardship generally, how do you balance your career? That you know whether it, I'm not sure if it was when you were a nurse or when you were a lawyer, where when you were a privacy professional, but all of those professions are pretty demanding. Um, they, they are. And um, you, you can't ever say what's the source, especially of domestic violence, but there's other hardships as well. And it's being able to make sure that women have confidence in themselves, because I think um, the husband that had the psychotic break was because I was admitted to law school. So he was threatened. And so it's not uncommon that men are threatened by confident, intelligent, smart women that have a I don't know what you're talking about. That never happens. To me. <laughs> well, it took me a while to realize it, funny enough. Um, and there's a lot of women in law or executive positions, senior management that are facing personal issues along that line that they think they're the only one and they're not. Um, there was a lot of women in law school facing either hardships like domestic violence or they were facing disabilities. I'm disabled as well. And most people have no idea. And it's just a case of it's not easy. Don't don't ever let me belittle it. But it's being persistent and it's having a driver outside yourself. My driver was my kids. I had to make sure that I was the hero that they thought I was. Yeah. Th thank you for sharing that. Uh, very, oh my, uh, I'm open about it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because uh, those are those are important issues. And it is absolutely true that, you know, there are people who quietly live with disabilities and domestic violence and other hardships that they have in their lives throughout all adventures in law. Um, I, and I, I've seen it in law school. I've, I've seen it in law firms. I've seen it in, you know, Fortune 500 legal department. I've seen it in startups. Uh, that's no, and that's why I started being open about it. I used to not be, uh, but I realized when I was working at the law school and helping students, how many people out there thought that they were alone, thought that they had to go through this by themselves, uh, because they think, of course, no other smart women could possibly be going through this. And that's when I determined that I would live out loud. I would be open about what I've gone through in my life because it will give other people the correct idea that there are others going through this and there is a path forward. Yeah. And you don't have to get your, your crap together 
to be an impactful lawyer and effective privacy professional. I know that much. I, I wish I believed you because uh, I never feel like I have it together. I want to follow up the question. I I, um, I, I thought I would pursue the, the part around uh, the disability and domestic violence just so that folks who listen can appreciate that you can achieve quite a lot uh, while all this stuff is happening in your life. Um, and, uh, and being open about it is actually a way to go because I, I do think that that's an important public message that we should convey. But I do want to come back to the conversation about privacy. In that, and I, one of my, I, what I love about privacy is that it's a very equal opportunity for yes. folks who are lawyers and professionals who pursued other adventures, professionals who are on the business side, on finance side, on marketing side. It's, it's a very equal opportunity yes. and a very supportive community. Um, and uh, and I actually, that's why I, I love privacy. It's because of support and diversity of thought. Um, and, it, and, 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 and that was my favorite part. So what is your advice for privacy professionals who are lucky enough not to be lawyers. Okay, one point is not all lawyers make good privacy professionals. Uh, I do see lawyers as privacy professionals who aren't good at what they do. It's just a living to them. If you really want to be good at it, you've got to be flexible. You've got to be creative. You've got to be a problem solver. So right now, a lot of companies do put in their advertisements that they prefer a law degree. But that's because the laws are becoming so complex and so numerous. And there's guidance, there's regulations, there's judicial decisions. And so you really do somehow have to learn how to understand all of that. But you don't have to be a lawyer to understand it. So just uh, drive for what you want to be and make sure that you put yourself in a position to learn and just know absolutely that I know non-lawyers who are much, much better privacy professionals than lawyers are. I've learned so much from privacy security professionals uh, in my career uh, who explained the technology to me, how data moves, um, how the whole thing jives and help me put <laughs> very ambiguous laws, voluminous laws, and understand and make really good decisions for the businesses that I supported. For me, privacy, I, I've grown up with privacy law, and I, I thoroughly i am grateful for the opportunity that, uh, to, 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 to do this. Um, so absolutely, uh, and I, I, that's, that's my favorite part. And, and I will say I know just enough about security technology to use the wrong verbi- uh, verbiage with my security people. <laughs> <laughs> I CISSP for dummies on my desk. I'm not kidding. I, I think it's you and I both. I, I'm probably in the same category. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you, privacy and security is um, I'm married, you know, but yet they're very different. So, um, but yet they're both very important. It's hard to yeah. have one without another. So. And security people need to learn privacy just as much. I mean, they're the ones that most laws are not security laws, they're privacy laws. And so, but you have to have security in order to enforce privacy. And so security people have to learn privacy just as much. And I've loved seeing the entrance of so many security people into the privacy arena, coming to the IAPP seminars and all. One of the places you and I met and collaborated a lot was uh, uh, ACC, Association of Corporate Counsel. 
Uh, I think it's no secret that it's my favorite organization. Uh, I'm not going to say right there with you. <laughs> more favorite or less favorite than IMPP, but definitely I love ACC and I spent a lot of time um, and, and they've, they've helped me to get my first in-house job and they've helped me become a general counsel and they helped yeah. me gra graduate to different adventures. So tell, tell me about you. You are, I would say, you're one of the few people who is probably even more dedicated to ACC than I was. So tell, tell us about your adventures with ACC. Oh, I love ACC. And as a matter of fact, my first in-house counsel role was not Concentra. That was a non-privacy role. My in-house counsel was Align Technology. And I found that job advertisement through ACC. And I was not a member of ACC at the time but quickly became a member and got involved with it and absolutely love it. I was member of the year for 2015. I think I joined in 2013 um, and was member of the wow. year in 2015. I love it. Um, I love the initiative with, I, I spoke there yeah. once uh, a, a few years ago, I've had adventures in advocacy for women on corporate boards, still very supportive. Um, I love that ACC was very one of the few organizations because I started it before it was cool. Um, yeah. ACC was very supportive and, and WIP was very supportive. Tell us, tell us more about WIP. Absolutely. So, and let's, let's just make this clear. I would absolutely love to be on the board of a company. But I'm privacy, I'm open, come after me. But no, let's talk yes, about women. I'm out after K. I definitely agree with that. Um, women in the house. So back in, I think it was 2014, I reached out to Tori Payne, who ran the committees and all the sections for ACC. I was like, hey, I see a lot of chapters that have areas that assist women, but I don't see that National has one. Did you start one and it didn't succeed? Did you decide not to do it? What's the deal with that? And she's like, I don't think we've ever done one for women. I'm like, well, let's do one. So we started holding meetings uh, to see if other women were interested. I actually came up with the name Women in the House with. So ACC is I with you. Um, it, I love it. And it has grown. We It has now kicked off an initiative, ACC Foundation under Jen Chin took it and launched a global women in law and leadership that's held at the United Nations every year. Uh, and ACC took it, turned it into a section. We have committee leaders or sorry, section leaders and everything. And I was the section leader for the first year, but then I stepped down to let other people take a driving role with, 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 um, and I love it. It, the women in it, the programs they're doing, ACC is just so welcoming of all ideas and innovations. I mean, Vita is fantastic. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about ACC. Yeah, yeah no, Vita and Tori, I love them. Yeah. The, my, my people, definitely my people. Um, you do so, so much. Uh, and we can kind of talk about all kinds of things. And and, and, and I, what I love about you is how open and transparent you are about all your adventures. But let me go into uh, a question that may be um, a little unusual. Let me ask you, tell me something about yourself that I don't already know. <laughs> and, and I will say that on privacy, I'm definitely the transparent side of privacy, uh, but not for my clients. But something about me that most people don't know is that I started competing in pageants about five years ago. I was not brought up as a pageant girl, very poor, wasn't a thing. And uh, my daughter started competing in pageants in college and it just it motivated me. I needed to lose weight to be healthy. Um, not for any type of being vain, but to be healthy. 
And uh, I wanted a platform to share my story, to be able to encourage women and minorities and youth to seek a dream. Uh, my dream growing up was to have enough money in the bank account that I didn't have to balance my checkbook walking into the corner market to buy a Coke. You should have a bigger dream than that. You know, I, you, you at that point, it. that's a big enough dream. I've been there. So that's a big enough dream. There's nothing wrong with that dream. <laughs> right? It, hey, it's one step forward. Once you get that, you get the other. And I, I'll be honest, I never balance a checkbook anymore. I've reached the point. I don't have to balance a checkbook. And that makes me happy. Uh, so although I might should need to work, but I don't. But I am currently the uh, United States of America, Mrs. Arizona. And I was shocked to win because I was a virtual competitor at an in-person event. But I just competed in nationals in San Antonio. And I, out of my entire division of nearly 50 women, I was a finalist. Oh, wow. This, this flabby, out of shape woman who's that's, on stage. That's, 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 would you like a Miss Universe hello? <laughs> right. It's elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. Elbow, elbow, elbow wrist, elbow, wrist. wrist. Okay. Well, I, I have work to do. Clearly have. I thought I, I thought I would shine here, but clearly I have work to do. Thank you. I love, I have to say, uh, and I found that a lot of uh, professionals, whether they're lawyers or non-professionals that I work with, love the idea that I compete in pageants. They tell me I have to wear my sash and my crown for different things. I've done it at seminars. Hey, when your name is Kay Royal, crown just naturally goes with you. I mean, it, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, it does. I love it. I, I thank you for sharing this. This is this is. Uh, you might have inspired something here. I mean, I'm gonna work on this wrist, or whatever. Thing. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. And I'll tell you, the great thing was my daughter and I competed together. She was in the Miss Division, and she's a medical student in Tucson. And as you can imagine, as the first person to get a bachelor's degree, how proud I am of my children. Yeah, yeah, master's degrees, medical schools, they're the bomb. I learned something from Kay every time, <laughs> you know, every time I talk to you, you know, I just didn't know about it. Um, you and I will have a, a, another conversation because I do need more details and I need more tutoring on the elbow wrist part. <laughs> um, you, you may be one of the few people who maybe does a little bit more than I do, which most would consider impossible. Um, tell me how you think about balance and 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 is there such a thing and if there is how do you get there thank you so um it's interesting that i don't think of the word balance so um one of the reasons i became a lawyer was to have more time with my children which is one thing people are shocked at but as a nurse i work nights weekends holidays everything as a lawyer i had opportunities to take the jobs that um, fit in with my lifestyle and so i would say i don't think about balance what I think about is the opportunity to do the things you want to do. I love my work. I'm very passionate about my work. I probably do my work more than I should, um, but I love it. And it's so I don't think about balance so much as I think of make sure that you do the things that are important to you. And so I am completing a PhD. It's been in works for a long time. I do pageants. I do cosplay. I'm a grandmother. I spend time with my grandchildren and my children. And so to me, it's not so much about focusing on balance, which I know is very important for most people. Um, but when you focus on balance, you lose sight of, you're focusing more on the balance and the pros and cons than you are what is it you want to do. 
And if what you want to do is more work than personal, then that's your life. So I say go for the things that mean the most to you, but you have to identify what those are. Oh, I just love it. My people, you speak my language, Kate. (laughs) Thank you for that. I I love it. This is a perfect place to end. Do what you love. You want to get inspired, talk to Kate. Um, <laughs> seriously, people can reach out to me at any time. Thank you so much. Uh, I always good to talk to you. Thank you for inspiring me every time. Bye, everyone. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist.